All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to UAP Experiencers. We are here with someone who has had a very up close and personal experience by the name of Max E. McCabe. I'm sure some of you are familiar with him. He is very um, open to speaking about what happened to him. And also his, his mission is to help guide experiencers through the process of sharing and also, you know, allowing this comfort level for people to come forth because this is something that needs to be spoken about. It's uh, up in the news now, you know, the media is talking about it. And I think that this is just a very important thing to uh, speak on. So I would like to introduce Max and uh, I'll just give you a little bit of information about him. Um, Max is actually the director of Bullion Miner Limited. It's a Laura Wan crypto mining device and accessory startup company in the UK. He's also currently studying towards a bachelor's degree with honors in business management, economics, and with the Open University and is a qualified investment professional. He's certified with the Chartered Institute for Securities and Investments with many years of experience working in both the Forex and small cap markets for both private banks and major corporations where he lived in Madrid, Spain, the Alps of France, and Geneva, Switzerland up until 2010. Max is also an actor who most recently worked with James Corden as a stand-in for the new Amazon series Mammals. He's also worked at Pinewood Studios during the summer last year to play his part as a prisoner in the upcoming prequel to Rogue One, a Star Wars story in the new Star Wars Andor series due for release on Disney Plus in August 2022. Something to look forward to. As a child, Max grew up in Southeast London, England, and attended Air and Sea Cadets at the Royal Naval College at Greenwich and the Woolwich Army Barracks as his family role models were retired military from RAF, Navy, and Army. He lived by himself alone at just age 16 and became a father of four um, and is now a grandfather of four. Incredibly so. He uh, currently lives in Petersborough, and that's about 80 miles north of London. And his life took an unexpected turn in late 2014 as Max actually experienced an extremely up-close and personal close encounter with a UFO directly over his home, which led to three and a half years of multiple object encounters, high strangeness, and paranormal events. This included shadow figures, a daylight metallic sphere, orange and red orbs, and a black daytime cylindrical object seen not only by Max, but his son, his daughter, his girlfriend, and their neighbor's daughter. Also, other local people unknown to Max had also reported this. After several years, Max has been actually struggling, like many others, to come to terms with everything that happened. He decided to openly share his family's experiences in order to not only help himself heal and try to make sense of it, but also because he wants to help others who may be going through similar events so that they don't feel so alone. So thank you, Max, so much for coming forth and uh, sharing these events. I have been following you and, you know, listening to your events unfold. I'd like to hopefully ask a few questions that people haven't asked. But first and foremost, it would be wonderful if you would share a brief or not so brief synopsis mm -hmm. of what's happened to you. Hey, well, hello, Steph. It's great to be here. And thank you for inviting me on. Thank um, thank you. Yeah. So I guess I should start by saying number one, first and foremost, uh, I've come to realize 
that it's nothing else can help um, better than talking about it. Um, and for many years, I didn't. And I got to the point where it was clearly causing me a lot of problems uh, by not being able to verbally communicate or try to put down the, the chain of events that led to all kinds of issues, um, sleeping problems and uh, just unbelievable amount of uh, problems that I was going through because I really felt like I had nowhere to turn. I didn't want to speak to my doctor. Uh, I didn't want them to think I was nuts or be laughed at or ridiculed or, you know, I, I didn't want to go that route. And so I, I literally didn't know what to do. Um, it's a very lonely place to be. It feels lonely, but we're not alone. And I must say it's a place like Twitter um, and some of the fantastic people that are there that I that have really, really helped me. Originally, I decided to write it all down. Um, I had my twin brother, I'm an identical twin, who's a videographer. And he he wanted me to put it down on camera to try to help. Um, and what I found was I, I kept saying no. I didn't want I didn't want to share it. I went through the longest time where I didn't want to share what had happened. Um, and so I came to this point where there was a complete shift. I, I think I was having a lot of emotional problems with it, dealing with it, coping with it. I hadn't processed it. I couldn't because there were too many questions. Um, too much confusion but most of all it's the emotional the emotional response that happens when trying to even talk about it i would have extreme emotional responses and eventually um even with my girlfriend saying you've got to talk to somebody you've got to do something you can't just hold it inside my brother asking me repeatedly for a long time Eventually, I decided to write it down. And then I ended up finding Twitter. <laughs> I decided to try to talk it through audio recordings of myself trying to make sense of it. And I realized through what I'd gone through, I realized that there must be other people going through the same thing. And that I sympathize, I empathize so much with anyone going through it, right? Because it really does rock your world it changes everything nothing's ever the same again when it's that close and personal and so uh yeah so i discovered twitter and ended up talking to a couple of people on there and i greatly respect all of the people that have been open enough to to hear me out um and i want to say that it's one of the hardest parts of it to process i i think above all else really is that I realize myself how nuts it sounds and I don't want to put a derogatory derogatory twist on it, sure. but I know it sounds unbelievable because it's unbelievable to me personally. And that's a huge part of the shock factor. Right. So, you know, so it goes back to what happened in late 2014. It's around late September, early October. And uh, my daughter was out the front of our house with her best friend at the time from school, who was our neighbor's daughter. And as they were out the front, they watched balls of light making formations 
low in the sky, very low, not up in the atmosphere. And I specifically remember her saying triangular formations and then shot off and blinked out. Um, and it was obviously anomalous. <laughs> and she wanted to come and tell me, she said to me the next day, I wanted to come and wake you up, but you were asleep. And so I thought I'd wait till the next day. So she tells me, and I simply thought, oh, really interesting. I wonder what that was. Um, never into the subject. Uh, always had an open mind, but just uh, not something I ever delved into at all. Or her. She was 17 at the time, my daughter Chanel. And so the next day, uh, I was working really late on a website and I step into my back garden super late. And I was extremely tired about 4 a.m., just before 4 a.m., about 4 a.m. And it was one of those nights where it was super clear, deep black sky, super bright, beautiful stars, not a cloud in the sky. And as I was looking up, thinking how beautiful it all was, there was a double flash of pure white light. And this double flash of white light I just assumed as anyone would that it was lightning or something because it was so bright that it really did light up the sky. Uh, but then immediately I thought, well, it's, there's no humidity. It was freezing cold. Um, there's no clouds. It was a completely cloudless night. So as I was thinking this, there was another double flash of white light and I looked straight up above me. And that's when I saw what I can only presume was what my daughter saw the night before two balls of white light traveling side by side. You could tell that they were really low, maybe 100 feet up or something around that region. It's hard to tell. Um, maybe the size of beach balls. This is all just guesswork, really. But um, they were traveling to my in front of my position, double flash of white light again, and made a 90-degree turn to my left and shot off at such tremendous speed. I mean, it was just incredible. Um, and they left uh, like a trail, of, uh, a kind of trace line, which in itself, every part of this is odd, right? So I run through the house because they've gone straight over the roof. So I run through the house to go see um, if I can see anything more. So I was super excited. Like, this must be what my daughter had seen. Had no idea what it could be. I knew what it wasn't. And I hung around for a few more minutes out the front and I checked the time on my phone and it was 10, 11 minutes past four. And as I gave up and thought I'd tell my daughter I'd seen the same things that they must have seen um, at that time, I come into the house to go to bed. But as I come in and lock the door and turn to go up the stairs, I was stopped in my tracks by an extremely powerful something I've never felt before, which can only be described as a telepathic construction. And my mind unraveled it to don't close the door, go outside and look up. But it was really like a punch in the brain. It was so shocking, just that thing right there, because I've never had anything like that happen before or since. It's extremely um, powerful. And it felt like a part of the brain was used or awoken that you know it's innate it's within us to do that but has never been used before it's just so fantastic 
instantaneous communication or an instruction, I should say. It wasn't in words. It was perfect, perfect. So I, I just did as it as whatever it was said or instructed me to do. And as I opened the door, stepped outside and looked up. From right over the house, it was right over the roof of the house, about four, five, six stories up, a huge, huge golden object uh, moved out silently and stopped just over me. Uh, I'm completely immediately gobsmacked. Um, and as I've stepped over the threshold of the door, looking up, just absolutely in awe of this thing, I feel like I've stepped into a bath of static electricity still. It was something which I'd, I'd do anything to relive this. If I'd do anything to relive this, this night, this moment, right? It was the most beautiful feeling running up and down my spine in waves, up my spine, over my scalp. I was all of the hair on my body stood on end, toes, top of my head. I actually looked at my left forearm because I felt that all of the hair standing on end, right? Yeah. And then thought, well, duh, because I had my coat on, so I wasn't going to see it. Um, and this beautiful object was easily 30 foot, maybe as much as 40 foot in diameter. It, you could describe it in one of two ways, but the overall shape was like a... Um, horizontal diamond how it was it appeared to be an object a solid object that was seemingly engulfed in what i could only describe as plasma um just moving plasma and around the edges you could see it was more golden tinged and white towards the center and everything about it was just so majestic, so beautiful, so shocking, so awesome. But absolute silence. But I was also struck with a feeling of love and connectedness. And I mean connectedness because it was really, to me, and I know this is highly subjective, but to me personally, it felt like whatever it had done to connect with me went to tell me to go outside and look up, don't close the door, go outside and look up. Whatever it had done at that very moment, it felt like that connection was not broken. And that's what I mean by the connectedness. It felt, it felt like it had a direct connection to me personally, who I am myself. It felt like it knew everything about me. Like it was an extremely, I think the best word would be intimate, extremely intimate connection no secrets just everything it knew me and it was observing me whatever it is right and as you can imagine I, i'm stood there in absolute awe and i'm just completely gobsmacked so the electricity was so powerful that after a few minutes well i waved first of all because <laughs> I had tears come to my eyes from the feeling of a kind of joyous love, which didn't feel, it didn't feel like a natural response. It felt more, it felt more like it didn't come from within, within me naturally. It didn't make sense to be filled with that feeling. It was like all, all at one step. It was like a flick of a switch. So I step outside, I look up, the awe of it 
the electricity, the absolute feeling of being in a vacuum. Because right? mm-hmm. yeah. I, I can still really, I can still picture glimpses as if it was just yesterday or just mm-hmm. five minutes ago. I can still picture the, the the listening to myself breathing. It was that quiet, like absolute, as if you're in a vacuum, silence. <sighs> And, and that moment was just, um, and I've heard other people say this, and it doesn't really make sense unless you're in that scenario. I, honestly, I wouldn't get it if it didn't happen to me. Is realer than real? It's a strange feeling. It's, um, I guess it's a mix of the fact that I felt like it knew me, it was reading me, it knew everything about me. It was intimate connectedness. It was love. It was that inner vacuum with this object of pure beauty that it made it feel as if everything else is, nothing else is quite as real as that moment. Nothing can ever be that real. That's so wonderful. I love, I love how you're describing that. And it, it almost feels as though it was wrapping its arms around you, that, that feeling of that euphoric comfort in a sense where you're just being you know, given the w- most warm hug by something that's unknown yeah. and an anomalous that you were trying to, you know, figure out in this this really uh, deep moment of of this quiet, quiet, quiet situation that had occurred. And I mean, I I think the way that you're even describing this is is probably you know exuding feelings from the listeners. Because the way that you describe it is so in depth. And, you know, DJ had also mentioned that about you when you had an interview on Calling All Beings where your your description of of this moment is you do feel that intimate intimacy that you describe. And wow, I mean, I have chills going through my body right now just listening to you. So incredible. Steph, it was it was absolutely beautiful. There, there isn't words to properly describe this moment. It was just, you know, I just really struggled to find the words to describe it properly because words don't do it justice. They can't. But I, I can tell you just that moment, if only, if only I could do that again, right? Um, and if everybody on planet Earth went through that, wow, the world would be a changed place. Because whatever it is, whatever it is, it was absolutely perfect, beautiful, awesome. But then, you see, um, at that moment, I I felt this, I was so empty-headed, almost, I felt, what's the word, dumbstruck, dumbfounded, awestruck. And because of the silence as well, because I didn't know what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. It it felt like I felt um, a bit dumb because I didn't know what to do. So I've waved, kind of mouthed the word hello, because it it felt so friendly, it felt so beautiful that I wanted I to that. yeah to say hi back. Right? Well, but, have you ever waved at an animal? I personally have. Yeah, so yeah, we don't know <laughs> what what these things are. So I think that that was just a natural human type uh, behavior where you think. This is coming to say hello to me. It revisited you, which is also something that occurs often. And, you know, I think that that was just a natural instinct for you. And I think that's wonderful. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had this moment where all of a sudden it went from the beauty of it. I, I had the moment where my logical mind kicked in. And um, I do feel like I kind of ruined the situation. And it was a modern human being logical mindset because I went from this absolute beauty, beautiful moment of just observing and being awestruck to suddenly thinking, hold on a minute, like this electricity is so powerful, surely this can't be safe. And then I thought, what if this whole situation is not safe and I don't know what I'm looking at? And then I started to think, oh, nobody, nobody's going to believe this. Like, I can't believe, I can't believe this is happening. And I remember looking in, ahead of me and around at the houses, our neighbors, and thinking how strange it was. Because although I remember one light was on, one bedroom light to, up to the left, but that one's always on. Um, there was just, it was the silence, the absolute silence. It just felt almost like time had slowed or stopped almost. And then I looked to my right because I started to think, what if, what if something happens to me? Um, nobody's going to know what's happened. Nobody's going to have a clue. Right? So I looked to the front door and realized I've left it open. It's still open just to my right. So I took a, a left step from the doorstep. And for a split second, I started to run through what I should do. Maybe I should run into the house, run up the stairs, go and wake my daughter up or my girlfriend. But I didn't want to miss this moment. <clears throat> And then I thought maybe I should shout and hopefully they wake up and come down. But that everything felt so inappropriate. It felt like it would be a really taking a beautiful moment and making it really shallow because I, my ego needs X, Y, Z. And then I thought, ah, I won't do that because I don't want to miss the moment. But I've got my phone in my pocket just here. And it was at the moment I thought to take out my phone. I had this nagging feeling no, don't do that. Don't do that on every thought I had there. But the moment I thought of my phone, it started to move left. It started to move to my left. And it just, just the way it moved was just beautiful. Like something gliding on ice, just perfect movement. And I immediately felt like I'd messed up, like I'd ruined the moment, right? So I'm saying, no, 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 don't go. I didn't want it to end. I didn't want it to go because of my stupidity. Um, that's what it felt like anyway to me. Uh, and so it quickly started to speed up. So it's gliding along, but I've realized it's going faster and faster. So I've started walking, then jogging, then running. Um, and it's suddenly started, it did make a drastic curve to the right, which then it, as it took off and sped up, it went up higher and higher. So I've, I've ran as far as I could under it, realize it's not stopping. It's not coming back. It's, it's, game over so i decided to stand back and just keep my eye on it for, to savor the moment the beauty of this thing but um what's interesting about it as well steph is that the light from it was like a, a kind of light i've never seen before now, i don't know if i've ever stared at plasma before but that's the closest thing i could possibly um link it to and it, it was so bright. There's a few things that don't make sense, right? My brother asked me at one point, he said, well, if it was so super bright, didn't it light up? It would have lit up the whole area. And I was like, you know what? That didn't even occur to me at the time. But the thing was so intensely bright. It, the only thing I could compare it to is looking directly at the sun. Like that kind of, it should make you squint 
and tried to look away, burn your eyes, but it didn't. It was it had this kind of ghostly, softly soft um, luminosity to it that was easy on the eye, soft and easy to look at, even though it was incredibly bright. And yeah, and so I I ended up, as you can imagine, I a bit of a <laughs> an emotional mess. I came into the house, waited for my girlfriend to wake up. She came downstairs, and I I couldn't, I just couldn't even get the words out. I didn't know how to say I was completely in shock and what I well she she stopped me she could see I managed to get enough out for her to know something seriously incredible just happened she went off to work and I couldn't sleep save my life I it was like sun blaring through the windows and I'm still laying there in bed for like two hours just like wow my whole what like it felt like magic was real i didn't know i didn't know if i'd i didn't know what i'd seen i ran yes. through every possibility is it angel and i'm mm -hmm. i didn't know what i'd seen i didn't know mm -hmm. what just happened to me but it mm -hmm. had a physical effect because i don't know if it was just from the intense static right but it didn't feel like my scalp it felt like inside my head was just fireworks going off sure it, yeah it felt something physical had taken place inside sure. my head. Um, I, I've heard hmm. similar instances, such as some sort of an aura left behind and around you. And if right. it is true that there are electromagnetic fields that are, you know, being put out by these things, hmm. then that would make complete sense for you to have that physical feeling. And... Hmm. Um, yeah, and especially at the time you witnessed it also, it it, it should have illuminated um, somewhat from what it sounds mm -hmm. like. I mean, it was 4 a.m. And then you yeah. went through all of these layers of emotions and how you felt through, oh my gosh, I don't know if I should go out and look at it. I it's It, it literally made you feel different levels of emotion um, mm -hmm. by witnessing it, which is, you know, somewhat uh like emotional control in a way where you know do these things display emotional intelligence or are they trying to send you some telepathic message of yes come out and see me but at this cost of you're going to go through all of these events in your in your mind where you're you're literally you were made to feel that you shouldn't have gone to see it again for a second time and then there there you were and then you actually went through this beautiful moment of your life that was life changing. It's unbelievable, and it, it is it is very wild to to wrap your mind around. You know, as a level headed person, I mean, you you are you, you've got your head on straight. You you've got a, a lot going on in your life outside of this, and I just think that it's wonderful that you're 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 taking the time to do this and to share all of these events that have happened to you and your family. So I applaud you uh, for that. It's wonderful. Thank you, Steph. I, I really, yes. half of it is selfishly, again, because I realized that the more I talk about it, um, uh, here's what I've noticed, right? That I have pretty much uh, obliterated the severe emotional response. So now when I, mm -hmm. I can talk about it and I, I, I get the tingles sometimes pretty strong, 
-hmm. when I talk about it, you know, just uh, two weeks ago or a week ago. I, but um, but it, uh, I've never done that before. So I've been through traumatic events. I've been through all sorts of events in my life that have stayed with me and affected me in ways. And I've never, I've always been one to just keep it to myself. I guess being a child of the eighties, and certainly for me, we just didn't talk about these things. Right. No matter what happened, you just, you know, what do you call it? Just suck it up and, and just deal with it and get on with things. Right. That's sure. the way I do things. So, but this was different. This was so affecting in such an, a severely strong way that I couldn't believe no matter, even after what, six, seven years, I think it was, mm -hmm. that I would literally, tears in my eyes, I'd shake, start shaking, just by trying to talk about it. I just couldn't find the words. So this is, this is me <laughs> kind of uh, self-help. <laughs> but it's, sure. but again, it's, <laughs> but it's also because again, I really, really, I mean, number one, it's extremely important to help the cause, so to speak, because I can give any detail anybody might need to know, want to know. And right. I think that's really important because I can say exactly what it felt like, what I saw, what I, what we experienced. And that's got to have some weight to it. Like that's got to be a good thing to share that information for a start, just by itself, the data that could be pulled from that. Trying to be as... Um, as objective as possible, you know? Yes. I can tell you exactly what I experienced, exactly what I saw, exactly, exactly. what it felt like. Yeah. And then no, on the I, other hand. Yeah. Hmm. And well, just, there were no, help. right, exactly. Sorry. Um, and no, no mind altering substances were used during no. this time or, okay, see, no. and well then that's, and that's another piece to, the credibility in, in listening to your testimonial, you know, I mean, I, I do have experiencers come forth and they do say, Hey, I was taking LSD during this time that I witnessed this. And right. that's, that's perfectly fine. You know, maybe I, I, I'm open to all, all people coming forth if they've had some sort of experience, but you know, you have these very credible people and that are civilians. And I know you do have a lot of family that's in military, but it seems as though the civilians are kind of pushed. We've been pushed to the side because of that, um, you know, the vetting process is, is this person credible? Were they on a substance during this time? Um, you know, who are they? Are they looking for attention? Are they looking to just create some, some draw to them? We don't, you know, you, there are people with their ulterior motives in this, in this, um, you know, world, yeah. you know, it's so such a shame. it is, it is a shame because it does dilute the, the entire subject. So I appreciate, you know, your, your stance and, you know, you're, you're a family man and you've, you've come forth to share this information and, you know, people need to, to listen. They need, they need to say, Hey, look, it's not just the military that have gone through this that are valid. We have a plenty of civilian reports and that's, you know, where we come forth and you have a great platform. You know, you provide information to people, you let them know, um, Hey, look, I, this is what happened. You're being a very, you're being a nice person at the end of the day by doing this. You don't, you don't even have to do this. So I think it's just, it's, it's information. It's data. It is data. There could be a yeah. small tidbit that connects all of this for people. Exactly. 
exactly it's the devil could be in the detail that people are missing yes exactly. exactly it's it's and it's wild because i mean what if what if it did show up to cause harm you know mm -hmm. and i've thought and, about that stuff that i've got to say that that's that's one of the things which there are so many avenues rabbit holes i could go down in my thought processes uh, and in order to process what had happened over the years, I did that repeatedly. I, I didn't know whether to believe that, whether to think that, that these are the options, right? Yes. That it was genuinely just saying hi, whatever it is, or it was uh, potential. And we, I'm looking at this from a human perspective, a human thought process. I get that. So I could be missing the point completely um, if there was any intent of any nature at all. But the other thought I had was what if the love was intentional intentional in order to control my re reactions to keep me there for some ulterior motive mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. prior prior to the event how were you in that department to begin with i mean have you been an empath your entire life or did it kind of induce that feeling further I I had um, I have had a couple of strange experiences, but only 2008 and 2010. Mm -hmm. But they were two entire, or actually three. Sorry, but oh. that was what I would put more into. <laughs> I don't like to <laughs> categorize things, but I, I definitely had a poltergeist problem in 2010, mm -hmm. which I denied till the cows came home. I would not. I just wanted to ignore it no matter how severe it got. Um, and I had, as my twin brother did in the house that he was living in, he had a problem ongoing, by the way, um, with his children now. And then back in 2008, I had something rather strange. Um, and again, I know this is odd, but I walk into a, <laughs> sounds like the start of a joke. I walk into a bar in Barcelona, um, <laughs> going through a, Bit of a hangover and everything after some hard partying back then i was with a guy that i wasn't quite getting on with it was i was really stressed and anxious and i walk into this this bar on uh, plaza de catalonia the top of the ramblers if anyone's familiar with barcelona and i lived there at the time for a little while and i look uh, as, a, as i'm waiting for this guy that's over to my right ahead of me i happen to glance up and see because I felt two people looking at me. There was a, a woman with kind of looking Greek, Mediterranean look to her, maybe no older than early 30s maximum, with uh, out of place, completely out of place. She had a very, very thick mink uh, coat on, very thick, and it was scorching hot. But here she is with a mink coat on, fur coat. And this guy to her right. Now they're both looking at me. Now she smiles as I look at her. He smiles at me too. And I look away thinking, who are they? Why are they looking at me smiling? It was nice of them, but I smiled back, you know. Um, and then she leaned out. And I recoiled for a second because I didn't know why this woman's hand was reaching out to my abdomen. And as she put her hand on me for that second, it felt like, all of the anxiety, all of the negativity felt like she'd vacuumed it out of me in a split second. It was really odd. And as I stood there thinking how I felt just so relaxed instantly, 
she stands up he stands up and they walk off to my left through the crowd and it was a very crowded crowded bar and he the, the guy i'm with says come on we've got to we've got to go and i think he was looking for someone and i was just hanging with him i wanted to go and find out who they were i wanted to say who are you what did you just do to me yeah but they were gone and we left and that's bothered me like it was it was that was the first odd experience really odd experience mm -hmm. i've ever had that must have been about 2008 and that's always stayed with me of course 2010 i, I came back to live in england i moved into a, a house um, alone top floor room and there was definitely paranormal if you you know let's box it into the paranormal something wasn't right it felt very uneasy on the middle floor of that i had no reason to be fearful of anything but when you get to the middle floor with your back to the living room you are struck with an intense feeling of someone right behind you um that claustrophobic feeling i never felt that before and you'd have to keep looking over your back and keep the lights on and one day i was in the shower and i've been there for a while it was a wet room on the ground floor where you could just sit i just sat and i was thinking about things 10 15 minutes and all of a sudden there's a tapping um a loud tap i look left and this light pulley is swinging all the way out hitting the wall swinging all the way out a good two or three feet very hmm. slowly not like it's just tapping naturally because right? i get with hot water in a cold room you got to get turbulence right i get that but no this was like a controlled fashion and i i didn't want to know about it i just said no denied it and it stopped later on a um, few months later that feeling never stopped on the staircase but i kept denying it and ignoring it ignoring it until i had my little kids came to see me and as we go up the stairs obviously i haven't said a word to them and they panic as soon as we get to that middle floor where the feeling was most intense and they would they both try to run around the right and left side of me to get in front of me looking back over the shoulder saying they, they didn't like the feeling so i knew at that moment it wasn't just me and then one night the bedroom door just sounds like a full-grown man has kicked it open as hard as they can dead on 3 a.m i jumped up my heart was pounding because of being woken up with such a fright from a deep sleep to see the door swing and bang on the other side of the wall I jumped out of bed and got really mad, shouting, swearing, because it it had a very not a nice feeling. Sure. And I quickly glanced out the door. I'd left the lights on, um, slammed that door, shouting and swearing. And I put something in the way and took a few steps back. And I could see movement under the bottom gap of this door. But there was no sound from out there. I checked the outside. There's no wind. There's nothing out there. It's just still. There was no doors and windows left open. So uh, I moved out shortly after that and nothing else happened. We moved to another place and then we moved in here to this house in um, October 24, uh, 20, October 2013, um, literally one year before what happened that night and everything since. So yeah, there has been a couple of odd instances in the past, but um, I do, I must say, Steph, because you asked the question, I, I do have, uh, I think I am a little bit, ever since at least i will have flashes in moments where your peaceful mind there's been little things that have happened where you have that knowing 
and it will be something odd, something that you, you know you're not even interested in. Um, it happened uh, a couple of a few months ago with my son, my eldest son, where he just told me he's got a new girlfriend, and then he went to go and see her. He was talking about how great her family are, and then just as he got on the train, um, he called up, and I'd had a flash of his girlfriend split up from him, but I don't know her. Everything was fine, he said, but I had a knowing his girlfriend split up from him. So when he asked the phone and he said, dirt, dirt, <laughs> it's like, she split up from me, hasn't she? And he said, how did you know? It's like, I just, I just knew. Anyway, little things like that. The phone will ring when I'm thinking of my brother. And just as I've thought of him, phone goes, you know, just little telephone telepathy, things like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They call that quantum entanglement also, you know, where it's it's still unexplained. How how do you answer that? How how do you think of something and then it occurs? You know, you mm -hmm. didn't say it out loud and something happened with him and it and it happened. It's it's quantum entanglement. So if anybody's right. curious about that, we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> and these are mm -hmm. these are pits, pieces and bits to the puzzle. So uh -huh. very interesting. Now you mm. You've mentioned, um, you know, you had an instance where you were affected physically in your sleep by sleep paralysis, which is a very common factor in experiencers. And um, can you expound on that? And were there any dreams that correlate to that? Any Anything that connects there? Well, it's, yeah. So what happened that, is that that happened the next day after the daylight cylindrical object in the sky broad daylight with my teenage son at the time he was 14 and it was around i think it's april may it's about april may time of 2015. so so that that incident at the front door over the house the thing came back two more nights in a row luckily for me my girlfriend saw it okay. um, a couple of other things happened after that we had a red ball of light um hanging over some high tension power lines down the road in high winds tried to get a picture the thing blinked out um and then we had some it, it got dark stephanie it got really not nice a couple of incidents mm -hmm. and um so the the sleep paralysis thing what had happened is i my son had moved in and i went for a walk out the back where we have some patches of woodland and it was uh, another cold day, one of those pale blue skies. I think there was quite a breeze. And we'd gone off of the, the main road. It's very quiet back there. You can't see if somebody walks a dog down there, you have to walk across a, 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 from the road. You go through some hedgerows so nobody can see you from the road. You walk all the way down a farmer's field around the corner of the woodlands to go into the woods because there's kind of a dike, a ditch heading around it so once you're back there you're pretty isolated uh, i think there's one farmhouse a good um you know 400 feet away or something but it's it's very isolated but i i've gone in there all the time right and i thought i'd take a walk with him have a talk with him catch up with him and so we're just about to go into the woods we're at the wood line itself and the a really terrible feeling and that silence the hair on the back of my neck stood up it was a, a real 
opposite feeling of being under the object the first night. It was instead of love, this was completely the opposite. This was fear, unknown. I had no clue why I was feeling this, but obviously I knew something was wrong because this wasn't a natural feeling. This wasn't normal. It's completely on a whole other level, extreme. And I, I'm looking into the woods thinking what in there could possibly be causing me to feel this. Something's causing this. And then he mentions, my son to my left mentions that he feels it too. He's like, what is that? The feeling. So it was another one of those moments, like on the stairs with him several years earlier, where I'm like, oh man, he feels it too. Um, but it gets weirder, is that all of a sudden, real suddenly, I felt almost as if it was physically, I could physically feel being watched from a direction. And it was drilling into the back right side of my head as if it was coming from up there, upwards in the sky. This happened in a split second, right? I felt the feeling of being watched and that it had a direction. So I automatically just turned my head as you know, you do in the street. If you, you might just get that feeling somebody's looking. So you just glance over, right? But you sure. do that at eye level, right? yes. <laughs> another human being. But this felt like it was from up. I don't know why. So I turn my head and I see uh, extremely out of place blackness. And I've heard other people say this since. It was almost like it was absorbing light. It was more black than anything else I've laid my eyes on before. But it was the tail end or God knows how long the whole thing was. I have no idea. But it was a huge, it must have been massive because the it was a big puffy white cloud and this thing was sticking out. And as I've looked at it, it shot this fast, like real fast mm -hmm. in behind the cloud. And so I'm thinking, you know, it must be something normal. It's got a, I knew it wasn't, but your head, your brain ticks off, you know, uh, fighter jet, hot air balloon, everything, you know, passenger plane, anything it should be in normal right. life. Nothing comes out of that cloud, and it, it was a one single puffy cloud, and I've still got my eye on it. And I said to uh, my son, uh, Corbin, did you see that? And he said, yeah, did you see it too, Dad? I was like, what did you see? And, and I'm still looking, waiting for something to come out the other side of that cloud. And he's he's like, oh, it was like a, like a what do you call it, a can shape, like a cylinder, that's it, because he couldn't remember the word for cylinder at that moment. And... The last thing I remember doing, Steph, is putting my hand on his shoulder and saying, we've got to get out of here because it felt like imminent danger. Oh. I don't know why, but it felt extremely dangerous. It felt like we need to get out of here now. Um, neither of us remember coming back, but I put that down to just the mundane. And I've thought and thought and thought about it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like if I remember all of that so clearly, so vividly, mm -hmm. but getting out of there, which was quite a walk mm -hmm. because we'd have to go all the way that way, all the way around the corner to the left, turn right, walk all the way up this field to get out onto the road. And then there's, you know, um, I've asked him, he doesn't remember it at all. Wow. It's like a complete blank spot between then and what happened the next, uh, that night for me was the sleep paralysis. And it's the only time I've ever had it ever, but it, so I, again, I've realized if I'm really good at denial, really good at denial. I mean, I'm 
like world-class denial <laughs> because um, even now I prefer to just say, ah, when I was, you know, everything else that was going on must have just, but obviously there's a part of me that says, no, man, that, why then the way it happened, I fell asleep on the sofa with the lights on, didn't mean to fall asleep on the sofa. And I, I woke up in the stereotypical sense. I've heard so many other people say, I felt, I woke up with a presence, really strong presence. And all of these, all of these events are accompanied by that, right? That you always have this extremely strong feeling of, uh, you could say, claustrophobic feeling of being watched or a presence in the room. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's almost tangible. It's beyond anything that you normally would come across in your normal everyday life. You'd never come across anything like that normally. But it's so obvious and extreme. It's undeniable that something very, very odd is happening. So I woke up because I felt like more than one. I felt like there were two of them, at least two. Somethings were to my left and were just staring at me utter silence and I opened my eyes in fear and the feeling of these whatever I felt was to my left I was so fearful I couldn't look at them I wanted to know what it was what was there but I couldn't and I I ended up um trying to force myself back to sleep and as a non-religious person I've got to admit I I asked for I yeah I was praying to God at that wow I, that's how much it got me. I remember going to sleep. That was the next day. The next day is when it got really, really intense because uh, as, if, as if it all isn't. The next day is when I was in the house on my own with my baby boy, Blake. He's seven years old now. But he'd, um, he was five, six weeks old. He'd been pulled out premature five, uh, several weeks early. He spent five weeks in ICU intensive care. So he was born 17th of March. Anyway, so uh, he's he's a baby. I sleep on the sofa. And I'm, I'm sitting on the floor with my back against the sofa. So he's over to my right. And he's fast asleep and cozy. And I, I think I was playing on my phone because I can't think what else I must have been doing. I definitely wasn't watching TV. Um, and I, I was... You know, my mind was on something else. And then all of a sudden he wakes up with a kind of cry that concerned me because it wasn't, a, it was almost like a shocked, surprised and scared cry rather than a, I'm waking up just, uh, you know, hungry or anything like that. It was a very sudden, abrupt cry. Mm-hmm. So I instantly stood up to pick him up and comfort him. And as I've picked him up, I've turned slightly to my right and it's then I saw something moving. I saw movement that made me look over to the doorway. And this is, again, I think it was, it was definitely morning time. For some reason, I remember that. And there was a, it was like a shadow, semi-translucent, four foot tall. What to me at the time, Stephanie, I thought was like a ghost of a kid. That's honestly what I had said to my girlfriend at the time. I trying to make sense of what I what it could have been. I didn't mm-hmm. know what. It was in three-dimensional space, occupying three-dimensional space. It wasn't a shadow on the wall. 
this is what made me jump out of my skin physically. I jumped like, what the? Yeah. This thing was stood in my doorway to the kitchen and the living room. And it was like it was leaning in. It's, it had an oversized, slightly oversized head, skinny arm. So I saw its right arm and its entire head, and the kind of skinniness of it, the fact that it was the same height of a six, seven-year-old child, right? Honestly, this thing just made me jump so bad. But no, no feelings associated. So I didn't have, I had no feeling in that room, whether it's because I was preoccupied with something on my phone. It was my little boy that woke, woke up that alerted me to, I think he said something and I didn't. I was preoccupied. I mean, that's the way I've made sense of it, although that's assumption, right? But this thing was was stood there as if it was leaning in and looking. It was moving, like moving. And as I've seen it and jumped, it didn't bob up and down. It just really fast glided straight out the back door, which was directly opposite the kitchen door. So it mm. went in a straight line, just whoosh. Uh, and... One, I never told my teenage son that had come to move in, right? The one that, that this is all the day oh, after the thing. Inter- the, okay. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're going. Mm. Interesting. So okay. It, he'd stayed out um, because this did put a strain on us. It really did. It's never been healed. It's wasn't good. Um, he'd stayed out that night and I was upstairs up here the, the next day. And all I know, I must have been getting out of the shower, I'm assuming, right? Because I didn't even know he was in the house. I just know he came running upstairs. He's like, Dad, 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 Dad. He goes, I was, and I hadn't spoken to him, Steph. I hadn't said a word. And he says, Dad, I was just in the living room doing my hair in the mirror. And yeah. that mirror, if you're looking in that mirror where it used to be, behind him would be that doorway where it was for me the day before. That you saw the shadow said, figure? Okay. Yeah. And he wow. said this... I can't remember if he said shadow. I don't know what expression he used, but it was definitely like shadowy. There was like a person in the room. Okay. That he he scared the hell out of him. Sure. And I, so this is like the third time where I'm like, oh man, it's not just me. Right. <laughs> this is not just me. Confirmation. Um, yeah. Wow. So, Damn. and it was after that, this very room that I'm in right now, I don't know if, video would be out there. This door, um, that door handle, the same door handle stuff. His bed used to be just here. And one day, a couple of days later, a few days later, I didn't see the poltergeist stuff in this house, but he did. My son was getting it all the time. And he told me a couple of times, and I wasn't doing too well at the time. Let's put it this way. By this point, I was not handling this very well. I was in shutdown mode. Absolutely. I thought I'd lost my mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't make sense of how come my girlfriend has seen the golden object, came back two more nights, and she saw it, wow, beautiful, with me. Um, my daughter and neighbor had seen the balls of light. My son has seen the black cylindrical object. Um, he's seen the shadow figure. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't put those things together with, if I've gone crazy, how come everyone else is right. seeing these things too? Exactly. But I was... Exactly. I, I felt like I'd lost my mind. I couldn't process it. Couldn't have mm-hmm. it. it. was shocking. So anyway, in this room, my son was here on his bed with his friend. And I've never said this before, um, what had happened, Steph. The f- this is why I made the assumption the shadow figure was something other than 
let's say, a grey as one option, right? Mm -hmm. Although it had a big head, it had a skinny arm, it was four foot tall. The boy that was in this room with my son that day, around the same time that this happened, his, his little brother called Junior, I think he was 11 years old, was found hanging in his shower by his bathroom cord, oh, 11 no. years old. He was in a coma in hospital. We managed to put him in a coma. Eventually, they turned off his life support. And I was convinced at that point, I'm getting tingles now because I've never, I've never, only my, you know, I've never talked about this before. This bit. That's okay. But I was. Awful. I'm so. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, I did, I honestly thought that we were, here's the shock to me is that whatever those things, the thing was in the sky that first night, the balls of light. I'm like, are these UFOs? Are these aliens? I mean, isn't that what they're supposed to be? If you look on online back then, I'm like, must be aliens, right? Flying saucers and stuff. And like, okay. But now I'm having scary stuff happen. Shadow figures that to me, I'm just assuming we're now seeing, visibly seeing ghosts and stuff. And I had correlated his brother being in a coma to maybe he's come to visit. I don't know. I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't make sense with the height and size. So I knew nothing about this whole subject matter that I know so much about now just from delving into it so deeply for so long. Right. Well, you're just exercising just, all of those I, those ideas of the quintessential description of um, a being or mm -hmm. the probability of it possibly being a spirit of some kind that came back to visit. I mean, mm. that's what you're doing. It's the responsible thing to do. So, wow. Yeah. But it's, a, it's only since hearing other people, um, there are some cases, a lot of cases actually, that I've heard where people have seen semi-translucent you know small figures that mm -hmm. um tend to glide this to me this was all complete i didn't have any clue that this had happened to anyone else in the world so honestly i thought i'd lost my mind but i couldn't make sense of any of it i didn't know what was happening to us um so my son in this room sorry i, I lost track here my my son said that i was out of the house he was here with his friend the older brother of junior I forget his mm -hmm. name now just lives up the road. Mm -hmm. And he said, this was daytime. He said that this door handle was sh shaking, moving up and down, and then shaking violently. And then the thing opens. And as it's shaking, he said that him and his friend said, dad, dad, stop it. Because they honestly just assumed that I was playing a prank on him. And I'm, I don't do pranks and stuff. Yeah. And when that door opened, they suddenly realized that it's quiet. There's no one. I'm not, it's not me. And they ran out of the house. And this is the point where, again, consider that he'd only moved in with us a, f a couple of weeks back, a few days ago. Mm -hmm. um, and he's now getting this kind of stuff happening to him, scaring the living daylights out of him. And he wouldn't come home. Mm -hmm. And it caused all sorts of problems with school, homework. Um, he had a lot of issues already anyway, anger and problems. And this just made all sorts of more problems for us. And he told me that uh, there were other things that happened, but I can't remember the details enough to be able to, I don't want to just, I'm sure he said something in the kitchen cupboards, but I, I don't remember 
exactly, so I don't want to go into what I can't yeah. remember exactly. Um, that can exacerbate yeah. those those feelings, especially you know, as that that age is a difficult age to begin with, and then you know you think you're losing your mind seeing these these things happen, and um, you know I'm sure people. I don't know if you've had any friendships suffer or work suffer from from coming forth with this information, but uh, you know it's a very brave and vulnerable place that you're you're in, and that you know your children have witnessed they've gone through it also. So it's yeah, it's a double-edged sword in some ways. I I can't even speak to my my father about it. He didn't. He just cut me off. He just mm -hmm. didn't want to hear it. Um, saying things like well you know it could be anything people see all sorts of things in the sky at night no 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 no. this wasn't a light in the sky at night then but he yeah. doesn't want to hear it he just won't hear it um and it's i've had people that have been real nasty about it when i've opened up for example yeah. on the set at pinewood studios there was a there was a conversation going and i just you know i what what gets me is it's just me telling the truth of what happened. So if people can't deal with that, it, what's interesting for me is seeing people's reactions, and you can tell immediate pretty quick from facial expressions and body language. Yes. Whether I would not, you know, somebody said to me, they said, "Ah, Max, um, can I give you some advice?" He said, "If you're going to tell people about what happened, this uh, Adrian was on the Star Wars thing. He said." Do yourself a favor. Just tell them a bit where your girlfriend saw it too. Don't go into any detail about all that weird stuff because people just think you're nuts. I'm like, whatever. I'm going to tell it all. I'm going to say yeah. it all. I don't That's care awesome. what people think anymore. Yeah. Because again, this is about every detail could matter or certain details could matter. Yes. It's certainly going to help people that are going through something similar and it's helped me. So the people that can't, that don't want to hear it. I get that. I get it sounds unbelievable. I know that, mm -hmm. but it happened. So that's just the way it is. Um, right. It happened. Have you had any auditory type illusions or anything such as sounds? Um, you know, you you did say that it was a silent craft, the, the mm -hmm. black cylindrical one. Mm -hmm. The orbs, those were silent as well. Um, yeah. Um, it was a really beautiful red one because um, I kind of skipped over a couple of things in order to save time, really. Um, but no sound associated whatsoever. In fact, there was the last major close encounter that happened. But again, I, I differentiate an interaction mm -hmm. at different levels has a different effect and feeling altogether, right? So the last thing that happened um 2017 2018 because i never ever did place a date on this um because i was driving along at night and i saw what i thought was a plane crashing and there were three balls of amber light just self-luminous balls of amber light but i saw them at a vast distance and i saw them coming straight down and swooping close to the ground i honestly just again your logical everyday mind mm -hmm. when it just happens in the middle of your everyday day I just thought, oh man, something's crashing. And I kept glancing over because I'm keeping my eye on the road. And uh, it was a dark road. And I realized that it's out of place. 
I kept telling myself it must be a light aircraft, but where are the blink? There's no flashy lights, there's no red or green, just three steady orange balls of light coming straight at my location. But I'm moving, right? But it looked like they were perfectly going to intercept me. And I kept thinking, no mm -hmm. way, whatever this thing is, it's coming straight at me from a diagonal path across these huge fields, flat fields. Um, and eventually I got so close, I could tell that they were just horizontally, three balls of white light with gap, a gap in uh, spacing in between them. Mm -hmm. And they, I had my window down. I turned the music, because I had the music on really loud, turned that down. I kept thinking, should I grab my phone? Because it was plugged in on the dash, but you're not allowed to do that in England. <laughs> Plus, um, it all <laughs> happened so fast. And I kept thinking, phone, look at it. Do I stop? blah, 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 and they passed over really close and they were absolutely silent. I didn't hear anything. It was at 56 miles an hour because I had cruise control on. And I honestly, they were so close I could have touched them because I might have stood on the top of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. But they, I didn't, they passed over silently and I just looked to, to the left and watched them go over the hedge road towards a place called Thorny. Um, I didn't feel anything. It was almost like a hey, right? <laughs> it was almost like a like a flyover. Just say see you later because I had nothing at all for five years after that. But what had happened before that, just so you know, is I managed to get one of these metallic spheres on camera at work, and I can place the time and day specifically, and place it was at Peterborough Power Station, uh, eleven seventeen a.m on the 17th of July, 2017. So I'm happy to say I finally got one of them. I got Fantastic. one of them on camera. Yeah. Nice. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a, just a metallic sphere, a dark metallic sphere. And it, for some reason, I just happened to look up as mm -hmm. I'm sat parked in a suit. It was a super hot day. So I had the air conditioning on, um, but it was so bright. I could barely see my phone screen. The glare was incredible, even at full brightness on the phone. Mm -hmm. um, and I just happened to look up and just saw directly in front of me was a tree line about 50 feet away or so. And I just see this black dot that appears to be coming this way. And I'm thinking, why is it a black, black dot? It's not, a, again, not a bird. Maybe it's a balloon. But there was a breeze to the right, to my right. And it was just coming in a straight line towards me. I'm thinking it must be a drone. You think, again, you go through everything it should be, and it's not. Right. And I can see it's just a perfect sphere. And so I was like, right, this must be something else unusual, so I'm going to film it. <laughs> and I, I managed to finally, try, trying to get it to focus, because I had some dead flies on the windscreen. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm focused, and I've captured it. I've got it on film as this thing just sits there. And then it moves to the left and goes up a little and it ends up higher moving over to the left higher and absolutely a perfect ball just a dark metallic ball of light and if you take a screenshot of the video and zoom in you can see it's reflecting light and in fact uh jack turnbull who was the director of mufon for the uk mm -hmm. i had some phone conversations with him he contacted me when i finally decided to post you know to put up to mufon what had happened and he calls me personally and he really helped me because that was another call where I broke down. I, he doesn't know that I was, you know, I was crying because he, 
it really struck a chord with me. It was one of the first times I've ever told a stranger properly what happened. Mm -hmm. And he was talking to me about the miracle at Fatima mm -hmm. and about all sorts of things, which I grabbed envelopes, was trying to scribble notes because he, he was a wealth of information about things linking this stuff. This, this was, when was this? It was a couple of years ago, but he was linking this stuff to religious, um, how can I put it? He was saying his, his personal perspective that they're definitely ET, definitely the ETH, mm -hmm. but that you can trace this all stuff back into the Bible stories. And for whatever reason, he asked, I think he asked me, what, why do I think they're going about it in that way? Because to me, it felt like you can personally, I could personally vouch for the fact that if what had happened to me at the front door that night had happened 2000 years ago, or it, it, did, it really did. I did question, am I seeing an angel? Because it felt so beautiful and godlike. And that's coming from, again, a, a non-religious person. Mm -hmm. that it was the majesty of it can only be put on such a level of what you can imagine an, an angelic interaction would feel like pure love, pure golden light, pure, um, you know, coming into my mind, knowing everything about me and that connectedness and intimacy. It was just incredible. So you can see why people would think that it's, um, I can see why people think angels, demons, um, is it extraterrestrials trying to uh, put themselves on a pedestal to direct us for certain, for the good of all of us, but also for them, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? All speculation. Well, that's what we should, we should speculate and try and find out, you know, what their intent is with us. And yeah, I do believe in that there are good and, and bad that, uh, you know, we're being visited by. So, um, you know, you hope for the good, but you know, we're realists here also. And, uh, you know, we just don't know yet. So that's wonderful information. And please uh, send me the images that you took. Mm -hmm. I would love yeah. to link those up to this event um, so that the audience can put some, some visuals with that. Um, but I guess, you know, I would love to revisit this and just see, you know, if you've, you've been visited, visited again later would be wonderful. You know, if it's, it's positive, of course, but yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to chime in with you and just touch a little bit more on with your, uh, what happened to the children and the neighbor. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's, there's, there's, we could talk about this for hours, honestly, Max, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's, I thank you again for coming forth and sharing on this forum and your platform you provide for people. Um, yeah, because I, I would actually like to ask you later down the line, if you'd be interested in a gathering with a group of experiencers, I would like to perform some some um, scientific process on on experiencers to see if there's some electromagnetic field surrounding experiencers. It's it's been performed on singular people, but I want to gather a group of people and have this process performed. I do know a couple of scientists that I am speaking with and um yeah. i would like i'd like to do that and then also on non-experiencers to show the analytics and data of mm. what Controlled. types of energy field are people producing mm. are we are it, we producing something further exactly that, that that's one of the most interesting points there, stuff because that first night laying in that bed mm -hmm. 
I felt something physical had happened yes. that had uh, the, what's the word? It left traces on me. I mean, it had an effect that lasted for hours. Yes. And I wonder if whatever that field is, if indeed that is the case, what does that mean? That could mean all sorts of things. For, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, well, you want to know, is, is there any, are there remnants on you? You know, I've, I've thought about that, you know, radiation exposure. I mean, this is something yeah. that is uh, very, it could be quite serious. So, yeah. Mm. Well, I know that with the, the free, well, okay, again, speculation, but the, I was always wondering since Gary Nolan, Kit Green, the MRI data, I was fascinated because I thought, well, hold on a minute, but I'm okay. I didn't have any negative health effects, but then we're taking, I believe they were working on a basket uh, of a certain subset of individuals that had negative uh, problems after mm -hmm. a close encounter and other things, right? Yes. And so you're looking at only a subset of individuals, right. not the whole picture, um, because I, that confused me. I thought, well, how come I wasn't harmed? Maybe I do have the white spots in that are tantamount to the damage that's seen in uh, multiple sclerosis sufferers. So that's when I started to think, um, I want to go and get myself checked out. Yes. I've since met some lovely people, such as there's a guy, um, Ash, who's a, a policeman, mm -hmm. who's um, very much into the subject, and he's been helping me to look into my own case. Mm -hmm. There's so much to tell, Steph. I know if we can yeah. speak again, but there yes. are so many other local people that have seen these things just here there's a ref base there's a low level radiation dump site 15 minutes from this house um all right royal air force base 15 minutes from this house with other witnesses i've spoken to an 83 year old man that witnessed one there hmm. i've tried to trace another guy that filmed uh, took photos of the balls of white light just a, a couple of hundred meters or feet a few hundred feet from this house hmm. another person up the road that we live on caught the balls of light in 2018, passing over the road on dash cam. There is so much going on in this area that I had no idea about until recently. Um, but the MRI data, I know you can get get them done quite cheap in the UK. So I was thinking of doing that. Yes, yes, absolutely. You should do that. If there mm -hmm. is some sort of funding eventually down the line for experiencers, that would be a dream because a mm -hmm. lot of people have that question and they they can be expensive if you don't have insurance, you know? So if you are open to doing that and Definitely. sharing that those details with us, that would be wonderful as well. Um, cool. yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not suggesting, you know, to do it, you know, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> However, there, if you're open to doing it, then absolutely. I mean, I, I have mine. I did share a few details with you behind the scenes. I, I have not mm. divulged that information as of yet. Um, you know, we're not, we don't want to be alarmists in this either. You know, we want to take the proper steps first prior to, uh, sharing any further information that might upset people. So mm -hmm. it's, an, it's yeah. our responsibility to do that. Yeah. I'd love to know just, even if it's just for myself, but I have no problem with qualms sharing that at all. Cool. But, um, just bearing in mind that I came across some white papers worth mentioning where the terahertz frequencies have been proven proven fact mm -hmm. where depending on the duration of the exposure the frequency mm -hmm. of course in the terahertz range mm -hmm. and uh, the power mm -hmm. power duration duration of exposure and frequency 
in terahertz range can actually have a positive a positive effect on biological material it's proven so that could answer a bunch of encounters where people have claimed to have been healed and you could take that all the way back to again stories going back hundreds if not thousands of years all the way through to people like chris bledsoe so yeah so it's not black and white it's gray exactly (laughs) exactly it is it is until we find out some solid evidence so until then we we investigate Mm -hmm. well wonderful well thank you so much again i will see you behind the scenes in just one moment and uh yeah until next time thank you so much max is there anything you wanted to share can you share your all of your platforms and anything you have coming up um i just uh i just use twitter it's the only i've got social media on instagram facebook page but i honestly never use it so it's twitter is the only thing that i really use um and that's just my name so at max e mccabe that's it (laughs) at max e mccabe we will see you there Thank you. Thank you. Bye.